koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. This is Koinonia Radio on Faith Talk, KPXQ 1360, broadcasting, yes, live on the AM dial here in Phoenix, Arizona, Valley of the Sun. And also, you can stream us. Just go to the website, and you can peep us out there. I also got an app for the radio station. Just look for Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Tom Brown is the usual host of the show. However, today he tabbed me, Vocab Malone. Who am I? A local Christian apologist involved in local church ministry in the downtown Phoenix area. I've been doing hip-hop for a minute here in the Valley and really have transitioned more and more lately into urban evangelism and urban apologetics, which directly relates to today's show. Let me go ahead and introduce today's show because koinonia in Greek means community or sort of a fellowship, right? I used to have an old Greek prof who used to say, think of fellowship as a bunch of fellows in a ship. I guess it just means you're getting along and putting that work in, basically. Well, when we think about koinonia and community, we always want to be on the lookout as Christians for something that's going to come in and bring a dissension to that unity, something that could damage that unity, something that could hurt that unity. Well, when we think about our inner cities, there's a lot of fracturing there. We've seen more and more, in fact, lately. It's been tragic. It's been sad. Well, there's a doctrine on the horizon that's been bubbling for a minute, actually since the 60s, but it's been popping up recent years, full force, full bloom. It's called Black Hebrew Israelite theology. Now, they don't like to be called Black Hebrew Israelites, so we're going to call them so-called Hebrew Israelites the rest of this show, or Hebrew Israelism is another way to refer to it. But that's just the name common people know. I'm not going to use it, though, since they don't like it. No need to needlessly offend. But we're going to introduce this new group to you, and we're going to introduce to you some of their beliefs and why I, Vocab Malone, and a number of other brothers and sisters, including a guest I'm going to have on today, after we jump back out of this break, or maybe even at the end of the segment, I'm going to bring up a guest who's very knowledgeable in this area and is going to help introduce this important subject to you. Now, the show is going to be bizarre because we're going to introduce you some things that you would have thought people never could believe. However, I want you to take today's show seriously. Here's why. People in our urban communities are taking it seriously. If the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all men, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which it is, anything that gets in the way of that project, that all nations project, every ethnos, if something gets in the way, we want to do our best to remove that hurdle, to get rid of that roadblock between unity among Christian believers, between the Great Commission to go to all people and show them who Christ is and that they can be his. Now, Hebrew Israelite theology teaches something very, very different than that. And that's the problem. The problem is it's not a gospel belief. So let me go ahead and bring him up now. And I know we only got a little bit here, but I'm going to introduce you now, and then we'll uh, jump right into this topic at, on the other side of the break. Welcome to Koinonia, Faithful to God. That's the name I'm calling you today. That's kind of your internet handle. What up, Faithful? How you doing? Hey, what's going on there, Brother Vocab? Loud and proud, and speak right in your speaker, and we'll have a great show. Introduce yourself in one minute. 
Yes, uh, my name is Faithful to God. I have a YouTube channel that is dedicated to the reputation of the uh, Hebrew Israelite doctrine. And uh, I also deal with apologetics in other areas. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it, man. All right, so we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to kind of interview you, and we're going to introduce some of the beliefs that this new group has. And before I do that, starting off next segment, I'm going to play a news clip where you're going to hear a little bit about some of their beliefs. And we're going to use that sort of as a launching pad to help people understand what's going on. Be ready. I hope you're sitting in a chair with a seatbelt in it because it's going to be a wild ride and some of this stuff is going to knock your wig back, homie. Vocab Malone filling in for Tom Brown in the studio, Koinonia Radio, Faithful to God, introducing to you Hebrew Israelite theology and its problems. What up, y'all? This is Vocab Malone. You are listening to Koinonia on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Glad to be here in the studio. Brought my son along, Malachi. What's up, Malachi? He's on the floor playing his DS. And I also got my main man on the line, Faithful to God. What up, Faithful? Reintroduce yourself in our topic today before I play this news clip. Who are you? Why are you on today, man? What's going on, Faithful? Hey, what's going on, Brother Vocat? My name is Faithful to God. I have a YouTube channel uh, entitled Faithful to God. I deal with the reputation of the Hebrew Israelite movement, specifically the extremist Hebrew Israelites that uh, I'm sure a lot of people have uh, become familiar with if they go to their downtown areas in their major cities. Uh, I am a Christian apologist, and uh, my focus is mainly on apologetics. All right, now... In a nutshell, what is Hebrew Israelite theology? What's the one big idea of the movement? Well, the overarching theme is African Americans are the true biblical Israelites. That seems to be the one thing that connects all the different sects all together. All right, so so um, everyone understands what he just said. He's saying that anyone who is the descendant of of someone who got to the Western Hemisphere, the so-called New World, via the transatlantic slave trade, anyone who got over here that way is part of the lost tribes of Israel, the true ethnic Israelites, what today some people would call African American. There's other groups included, which we're going to get into later. That's, that's something that you need to be aware of. But... That's really the main driving thesis. Everything else is kind of on the table. Now, there's some commonalities, but there's multiple groups. When we say Hebrew Israelite theology, we don't mean one group with that name. We mean it as an umbrella, and there's multiple things under it. Now, some of the secular world is taking notice, finally, of this movement, and I want our churches also to do it. Brand new news report just came out July 5th, 2016. Out there in Vegas, the I-Team, that's their name, they did a little miniature broadcast on this, and they got a new um, Hebrew Israelite group, a group affiliated with something called IUIC, Israel United in Christ. And I'm going to play this as a way for us to talk about this subject. Here we More go. Tonight, Begin the newscast. Church here in Las Vegas is being called a hate group. The I team's Vanessa Murphy made a visit to find out why and discovered the church members disagree. Vanessa. Denise, this group's philosophy is if you're not part of certain races, you will eventually be their slave. But leaders say they are not a hate group because they claim they don't hurt anyone. All right, so there's the introduction. Now they're going to go live on the scene. Mosaic race, 
marching on the streets, spreading their message worldwide. We love our people. That's why we come up here every week. All right, let me pause it right there in the middle of the show far. Um, so far, what they've done is they just introduced this and they said, hey, there's a group labeled as a hate group, a new religious group. They've moved into Las Vegas. And then they show a little video clip from one of the self-produced videos that IUIC does where it shows them street preaching. Now, the particular group that this news clip focuses on is a Hebrew Israelite camp called Israel United in Christ. They're the folks who wear purple and gold. You may have seen them out there. Now, in my and Faithful's opinion, they're probably the most professional and polished out of all the groups. What do you want to say briefly before we watch the rest of this IUIC clip about IUIC, my man Faithful? Right, absolutely. They are very well organized. They, uh, I believe, present probably the strongest apologetics out of all the different Hebrew Israelite sects. Right. Uh, just simply because of their organization. And um, as we're going to see in a moment, uh, they can also be very uh, to the point, so yeah. to speak, with their message. Yeah. Good point. Well, that's a perfect place to introduce it. It's so funny to hear these news reporters talk to these folks because it really is like the clash of two worlds. But let's play this clip and see what happens. And now setting up a church and school in Las Vegas. We're not fooled by the American philosophy that we love everybody. No. We understand who our enemies are through the Bible. That's the wisdom that we have through the Bible. And the enemies are... The enemies are the other nations. That's who the enemy is. That's anyone who's not part of the 12 tribes referred to in the Old Testament, according to this local leader. Christ was a so-called black man that looks like us. Yes, we Gabar Ben-Israel, known as Officer Gabar at Israel United in Christ, or IUIC, says only certain races are welcome to worship here. So all black people, um, Caribbeans... Uh, our people are scattered throughout the world, so-called Hispanics and Native American Indians. Those uh, are the, the 12 tribes of Israel. As- All right, let me stop right there. So, so far, you've been introduced to a world of totally different ideas. Uh, you notice a key thing there was he said the 12 tribes chart. My accusation against the Hebrew Israelite movement in part is that it preaches the gospel of the 12 tribes chart. And uh, Faithful, I want to let you unpack this idea of the 12 tribes chart and its significance with all Hebrew Israelite groups, but we're talking about IUIC, so let's kind of go with their understanding of it. What is the 12 tribes chart all about, and what is its relevance into the kingdom and their understanding? Faithful. Right. Well, the 12 tribes chart was really an invention of Ariah. Ariah was probably the main elder of the original school from which— the eldership in IUIC came out of. This is back in so Harlem in the 60s and 70s, you know, right? Right, okay. right. And, and basically, the 12 tribe chart uh, is, is pretty much a breakdown of who they believe the African Americans are the descendants of the slave trade uh, and Latinos and Native Americans uh, descend from, basically. So they'll pretty much divide the different tribes um, you know, like, for example, uh, Ephraim would be for, like, the Puerto Ricans, Cubans would be Manasseh, uh, Dominicans would be Simeon, uh, Levi would be the Haitians, and so on and so forth. And how they come to that conclusion, ironically enough, is their appeal to Genesis 49 and, uh, I believe, Deuteronomy 33. 
and they use racial stereotypes, if you can believe that. I can believe it. So Genesis 49 is a spot where Jacob calls his sons together. Those are the 12 you know, sons, sons of Israel right there. Calls them together, and he speaks over them. And he says different things about them. Uh, sort of prophetic is the vein. And what happens is, is Hebrew Israelites take that and then match that up. Now, they believe this is led by the Spirit as they do this. To modern-day people groups, of course, uh, not white people, not Asians. There's groups excluded from this, and that's what the lady was getting at there. But they do have some of them in there. And let's look at one. Let's look at just one to try to give you an idea of how this works. I'm going to read it, Faithful, and you explain it, okay? This is 49.14. Issachar is a raw-boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens. When he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his hand, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Who is Issachar, Faithful, and why do they think that? Okay, so Issachar would essentially be the Mexicans. And the reason they come to that conclusion is based on the fact that, well, we see the donkey in the passage, and, you know, Mexico has the highest concentration of uh, donkeys in, I believe, the Western Hemisphere, and uh, also the hard labor. Uh, As you can imagine, they tie that together with immigrants who come into the United States uh, through the border to find work here in the United States. And, well, I mean, you guys kind of see where that's going. Now, let's say uh, – so, oh, that, go ahead. Keep on going. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's really sad, I think. It's really sad that a lot of these breakdowns, quote-unquote breakdowns, are based on racial stereotypes. Uh, uh, it, it's, it just highlights a ridiculousness, I think, in some way of or, – or just the overall lack of critical thinking from the different camps. Because once one goes into these different 12-tribe chart, uh, charts, uh, uh, breakdowns, because I believe uh, you know some of the camps might differ just slightly. Yeah, like GOCC, for example. You start to see the ridiculousness in, I guess, the thought process. Right. So let's uh, let's explain really this. Back to you will see you know, some ultimate. folks out on the street corner preaching. That's what they would call it, and they're not really preaching the gospel. These folks would be preaching basically the twelve trite. 12 tribes chart and they might ask you what's your nationality when you come up to them and they may you may hear them saying some of the things that the elder has already said in here such as uh jesus christ is a black man now just so everybody knows you should not think jesus christ was a white man you should not think that he looked like some northern european that is that 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 is a problem in some of our mental images of christ now the way they depict christ i don't think is accurate either but there's a question of how important it is that, number one, but there is a question of, you know, there are some inaccurate perceptions we may have. So everyone should understand you have a man who was a tribal man who was from the people of Israel in the Middle East, and he was an Israelite in the first century. So how exactly did he look? Not entirely sure, but he probably didn't look like no Englishman, okay? We can establish that. But it's still pretty wild the way this 12 tribes chart works let me give you one more example before we move on this newscast for 49:27 says benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning devouring the prey and at evening dividing the spoil so that idea of like uh the ravenous wolf and 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 all that uh they've actually taken that to say well you know the jamaicans 
And the folks over there in some of those islands, they're always chanting down Baba Lan. And so that's like what the Jamaicans do. They're like Benjamin, uh, the ravenous wolf, because they chant down Babylon, which is the idea of like uh, singing songs and, and saying vocal things against this world's wicked system, sometimes personified in people's minds by, say, United States. But so that's, that's one of the ways they got Jamaica to be Benjamin. And so you kind of see, wow, this seems really arbitrary, but people were believing it. So don't laugh too much and listen to this news clip. For other races? The other nations are going to be our slaves in the kingdom. So I will be your slave? Yes, according to the Bible. Although I'm not part of the 12 tribes, I was welcome here for this report. IUIC officially opened a location on Sahara blocks from the Strip in May. This country is not here to help us. It's not here to, to lift us up. Is here to destroy us. That's what's being preached in southern Nevada neighborhoods. Officer Gabar, who lives here, says he's been a member of IUIC for three years after leaving a Christian church, and more than 30 people have joined him here. Let me uh, go back to that in a second. When we come back, we're going to talk about this concept of in the new kingdom, the Hebrew-Israelite theology says that other nations will be their servants or slaves. We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Vocab Malone. Faithful to God, discussing Hebrew Israelite theology. I'm filling in for Koinonia, filling in for Tom Brown on Koinonia, rather, and looking forward to jumping back with you. We're broadcasting on Periscope as well as the the uh, faithtalk1360.com. Don't go anywhere. Tell people to tune in. We got 40 minutes left. We're going to make the best of it. See you in a second, homies. This is Vocab Malone filling in for Tom Brown on 1360 KPXQ, Fate Talk. You know, I already know, man, just because of what I just did, that little variation of my voice where I kind of sound goofy. Some Hebrews are like videos going to come out and be like, listen to this clown. Listen to this joker, man. Listen, he's not serious, man. He's got, that's all they know how to do is mock what's true. Come on, man. Because the reason I say that is since I've started getting into this Hebrew Israelite uh, tug of war, sort of, in a, in a sense. I have never had so many crazy YouTube videos made about me. This little old guy chilling in Phoenix driving a truck. And some of them are sad. Some of them are mean. Some of them are interesting. Some are funny. One is titled, Vocab Malone is the biggest joke going. And they, like, scroll through my pictures. <laughs> and they're, like, looking at images <laughs> on the Internet. And just, I don't know, one dude made a mistake. He was like, look at this guy. He loves America, man. Because I had a G.I. Joe t-shirt on. Now, if you know about G.I. Joe, you know, it's like 80s, you know, stuff. And I, but he, like, said, this guy loves America. Like, that's what it was about. That's a, it's a G.I. Joe shirt, man. You guys got to get out more. All right. But uh, anyways, so Faithful, on our last clip we just played, the dude over there at IUIC was talking about a standard Hebrew Israelite idea that in the kingdom— other nations will be slaves to Israelites. Now, remember, they view themselves as ethnic Israelites, and they've awoken to the truth in their mind. And so in the new kingdom, if you're part of another nation, you will be their slave. Can you explain that concept, Faithful? What are they saying there? So basically, their doctrine is centered around the idea that obviously Israel, or I should say the physical descendants of Jacob, are the only ones who can receive salvation. And obviously we know that they believe that the physical descendants of Jacob are the descendants of the slave trade, Latinos, and Native Americans. So, for example, they believe white people are, in fact, the descendants of Esau. 
So they would classify white people, or as they would say, so-called white people, as Edomites. Uh, obviously, the Arabs they would see as the Ishmaelites. Uh, Asians would be uh, Moab, and um, you know, and, and and that's pretty much how they they kind of break down these, uh, and, and they do that based on again racial stereotypes. For example, the Edomites are red and hairy, and they say, who is red and hairy but the white man? Uh, they'll say that, well, the Moabites were the product of incest, you know, Lot and his daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Asians look like they have, quote-unquote, and I hate to say this, Down syndrome, and just, therefore just so, just they so, must be the Moabites. Just so everybody knows, it is true what he just said. The, the, so they, because Lot had sex with the daughters, produced children, those are the Moabites, and Hebrew Israelites tend to say that that those are the Asian peoples because of the way they look. I mean, it's pretty amazing, I know, but that's that's a true thing. What he just said, in general, from the groups I see. So they also classify the nations according to these biblical terminology. Somebody just asked. Now I know the answer, but I want you to answer, faithful. What about Africans? So folks on the continent of Africa, still, what about Africans? How are they classified, and will they be Hebrew Israelite slaves in the kingdom? Yes, Africans, according to their theology, will be slaves. Uh, they classify Africans as Hamites. Basically, the Africans would be the Egyptians, Canaanites, uh, I believe, Libyans, and um, they, you know, basically, it's it's uh, you know, because a lot of people have the misconception that because they are a Black Liberation Movement, that they are Pan-Africanist in their mindset. Right. In actuality, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. They absolutely abhor pan-Africanism. Right. They believe that there is a distinction between Africans and Negroes. <laughs> uh, That's what they and, say. And there's a lot I could say about that, but I'll, I'll just reserve that for another time. <laughs> I was in a debate with uh, a man from a Hebrew-Israelite group called ISUPK, which stands for Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. His name was Captain Tazariak, and uh, he has a radio show out there at Harlem, New York, and I was uh, talking to him. And he says, I want white people in the kingdom. I want Africans in the kingdom. And now you hear that, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's like, you know, a little more well-rounded. He he thinks that even though he thinks he's the son of ethnic Israel, that— we can also be in the kingdom together, worshiping the one true God. But no, he follows up, I want Africans in the kingdom with, because I ain't picking no grapes. What is he saying by that, faithful to God? What, why is he, what does he mean by that? Well, Cesariac says a lot of things that make me scratch my head. But, you know, overall, the, the theme is this. Only Israel can be saved, and according to their 12-tribe chart, it is, again, the descendants of the slave trade, Latinos, and Native Americans. So... They are also of the belief that Africans sold them into slavery. So if, say, uh, someone were to come up to them on the street and say, well, do you know that Africans were selling other Africans into slavery? They'll say, well, you're partially right. They weren't selling other Africans. They were selling the true children of Israel. And this is where a lot of that uh, disdain for Africans comes from, continental Africans. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty much a, a ridiculous uh, doctrine when one really starts to examine it. But, so Hebrew Israelite yeah. folks would look at a uh, someone who was of Mexican descent, they would believe they're part of Issachar, and see them with more kinship or brotherhood than they would someone who is still, say, living in Nigeria, an African who is still right. there. So I want people to understand uh, sort of the oddness of some of that. And, of course, all Hebrew Israelite groups agree in some way that 
uh, so-called white folks, they like to call them red man, are Edomites, children of Esau. And a lot of them have, uh, they're kind of like the leader of the bad guys, <laughs> so to speak. Now, another thing I want to focus on with this is how it's affecting people leaving the church. This movement draws on people who have a thirst for doctrine and discipline and a hunger for some things that are actually good and pulls them out. Listen to this clip right here. 40 years not knowing who I was. I still thought I was black. Black is a color in a crayon box. But we are the Israelites, according to the Bible. And for many questions during this interview, 17, Officer Gabar, and 14, replied with a verse. Psalms 28 and 7, Leviticus 19, 17. Give me Deuteronomy 4. And I asked for an explanation. But what does that mean? That means that the, all the other nations that uh, came up against us, they put us, sold us into slavery that are oppressing us, they're going to be slaves in the kingdom. All right. And we're going to be the... So with that, it's a continuation of what he was saying earlier. He was saying he was, you know, 30-some years part of the, you know, Christian church, 40 years he thought he was black. Uh, but then he says, you know, he, he basically says he's been awoken to the truth. And more and more people are saying things like that. And often the commonplace they're being leached out of are our churches. Very rarely do you see a cat who was raised like secular or without any awareness of Scripture jumping in these movements. Faithful to God, can you briefly discuss that and how there's a, a real sucking mosquito effect upon our churches with this Hebrew-Israelite movement? Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, you know, I've kind of noticed that they kind of target um, fair-weather Christians. Right. Because I believe that a Christian, a, a Christian who is centered in the Scriptures, who is being led by the Holy Spirit, will have a much easier time defending himself against this, this heresy. Um, but unfortunately, they are targeting fair-weather Christians or people caught up in certain denominations that may not uh, be preaching sound doctrine, um, prosperity gospel, I'm looking at you. Right. And, um, you know, I think ultimately what, what happens is uh, we, we see this sort of thing, and um, if I could just share very quickly, there was a pastor who actually contacted me through YouTube, and, you know, it, it saddened my heart when I found out that he lost almost all the black members in his church to this movement, because a lot of times people will see them on a street corner and think, oh, those are just those crazy black guys that preach that rhetoric. Right. But in reality, this is a doctrine that is pulling people uh, out of these churches, leading them astray, because it is, it is something that um, is new, it's, it's palatable, you know, imagine telling a group of people who feel that they have no identity that they are the true biblical Israelites. And on top of that, giving them sort of a poetic justice narrative when they start to analyze their condition in this country. And then uh, you start telling them, well, you know those white people, and you know these other group of people? Well, all these are your enemies in the Bible. And you know what? You know, the, God wants to bring you back to your true nationality so he can destroy them. Yeah, so let me let me let me follow up on that. Let me follow up on that. So there's a little bit of what's called theodicy in this. A theodicy is a defense of God's action, especially in relationship to evil or perceived suffering. And so if you're descendant of a slave over here, you know, you look around and say, Why has this happened? This transatlantic slave trade, why has this happened? 
if somebody gives you the explanation of, well, let's look at Deuteronomy 28. There in Deuteronomy 28, you see Moses telling the Israelites, if you obey me and the covenant, here are the blessings that will follow. If you do not obey me, here are the curses that will follow. And someone breaks it down to you and says, look, we have inherited the curses because we've been unfaithful to God and his covenant. That could sound like a rational, biblical, plausible explanation to you and gives you a reason to say, okay, okay, I understand. But now they believe there's the coming together of of sort of the dry bones, and they're coming together, and they're going to form the body again. And a great example was the name, Israel United in Christ, for example. This group uh, gives an—even by their name, you can see they see that they believe that's happening. And the fact that they're growing gives them more uh, belief in this fact. And so they see that as happening, and then they believe there's going to be retribution for what the other nations have done to them. So you put us in chains, we're going to put you in chains. You were you know, racist, we're going to be racist, almost that type thing. Now, faithful, our real beef with this, though, is not necessarily that people might be mistaken about their ethnic lineage, per se. And you and I were talking about this earlier. Faithful, what's your real beef with Hebrew Israelite doctrine. Number one, what is it? Well, it's real simple. They're preaching another gospel. They're preaching another Christ. And um, that could be something we can talk about later, uh, the way that they diminish Christ's... Uh, well, let's talk about it. We'll talk, talk about it a little yeah. bit right now. Like, how is this a non-gospel movement? You know, like, for example, salvation. How does that fit in? Christ, the cross, you know what I'm saying? Give some basic understanding of that and why this is such an important issue for us. Right. Well, first and foremost, they make the law a part of salvation. They are firmly work salvationists. They believe that a person is saved in part by the faith of Christ, but mainly uh, by the obedience to the law. And uh, they put the uh, excuse me, they put the law front and center, and really uh, push this notion that in order for uh, black people or descendants of the slave trade, Latinos and Native Americans to become prosperous again, they have to keep the law, statutes, and commandments of God as laid out in the Old Testament. This would include the dietary laws and everything else. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that unfortunately um, they're missing out on because they don't understand, uh, you know, the, how Christ fulfilled the law. All right, hold and, that um, thought, my man Faithful. We're coming up on a hard break. We're going to discuss more of that, and this is why we're so concerned about this. Do not go anywhere. This next segment is the meat of the show. Vocab Malone filling in for Tom Brown on Koinonia 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Listen Live. Join me on Periscope at Urban Theologic talking to faithful to God about Hebrew Israelite theology. What up, y'all? Vocab Malone in the house. Filling in for Tom Brown. Koinonia, you are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk coming at you every day, 2 to 3 p.m. Glad to be in the chair. Glad to be introducing you to a new subject. It's a religious movement, a group called the Hebrew Israelites. We've been discussing their theology, and I got my resident expert on the line today, Faithful to God. What up, Faithful? Hey, what's going on there, brother? All right, let's play a little more of this clip, and then we'll get back into what we were talking about earlier. This is from a recent news broadcast in Vegas, and they're discussing one of these Hebrew Israelite groups, one called IUIC. I want people to get an idea of some of the stuff they would say people in the kingdom under Christ. How does that not divide people right now? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, the Most High God was never about bringing everybody together. 
He was always about separation. The Southern Poverty Law Center, which dubs itself as an anti-hate not-for-profit, identifies IUIC as a black separatist hate group, typically wanting separate institutions, opposing integration, and anti-white and anti-Semitic. They're not the real Jews. We are the real Jews. Still, Officer Gabar insists IUIC is no hate group. All right, well, let me briefly comment on that, and then we'll jump back in what we were talking about before we left on the break. Uh, so, you know, the sec- it's a secular organization. Southern Poverty Law Center classifies them as a hate group. Now, that in and of itself doesn't mean they are, and what does that mean? Because, see, the world could look at a lot of Christian doctrine and kind of do the same thing. So it's it, it it doesn't make it right or wrong necessarily just because they've been labeled that. You know what I'm saying? And hypothetically, if Scripture really taught what they're saying, I think if Scripture is the Word of God, we should listen to what they're saying. But our debate is that we're saying the Bible, which is the Word of God, clearly does not say what you're saying. And you can hear that when she says, well, doesn't that, divi- doesn't that divide people? And he's like, that's a good question. And he basically says, uh, hey, the Most High was never actually about bringing everybody together. So... Ain't no problem there anyway. Now, when you and I, Faithful, look at the Old Testament, it seems clear to us Mm -hmm. there's multiple passages that describe a new covenant and a new kingdom in which Israel, which was always supposed to be a light to other nations, will be filled, Mm -hmm. God's people be filled, of all types and stripes, a mixed multitude, as one translation says. And you see that beginning to be worked out with the Great Commission, with the building of Christ Church, and now in the modern era by God's grace. Christianity is a global religion. It always has been. It ain't no white thing, guys. Briefly want to say something about that before we jump back into the question of their gospel, uh, because, I mean, this is this is opposite the Old and New Testament. That's what we're saying, man, yeah. this exclusivist type of claim. What do you want to comment on that? Well, it's very easy to First and foremost, Anybody that looks into the Old Testament and understands the context would understand that the commonwealth of Israel was comprised of both the natural Gentiles who became proselytes and the natural Israelites. Uh, Where do we see this? Numbers 15.15, where it says, One ordinance shall be for both you of the congregation, talking about the natural Israelites, and the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. And guess what? That was a shadow of Jesus Christ. And how do we know that that stranger isn't talking about the Israelite strangers as they like to make appeals to? When we look at the Septuagint, the word stranger is rendered proselytos. And that word proselytos is where we get the English word proselyte. And that is only used in reference to natural Gentiles who have become converts. And, um, you know, there's also even in the New Testament... Uh, I said that uh, white people can't be saved. Well, how does he reconcile Colossians 3.11, the Scythians? The, the Scythians were, by Josephus, who was a natural Israelite, identified as descendants of Japheth. They were the Magagites. And we have Scythian mummies. And those Scythians were also def- uh, identified by ancient writers as white people. Matter of fact, blonde-haired white people at that. And so, so, so everyone understands, Paul mentions Scythians as being part of the body of Christ, is what, what yeah. you're talking about there in Colossians, for example. And you're saying we know how those folks look from Scythian mummies, and that's evidence of biblical, corroborated by archaeological, historical evidence against these ideas they're putting forth. And And, that's just one. And the evidence from an Israel historian, Josephus, who was from the tribe of Levi, who identifies them as being descendants of Japheth in antiquities of the Jews. Right. All right. Now, uh, let's kind of return to what we were saying a second ago 
their doctrine of the gospel and their doctrine of Christ, because there's a heavy emphasis on all these groups, even the nicer ones. So IUIC is definitely conservative in a sense in their theology, but they present it organized, professional, and rational, generally speaking. But there's groups that are nicer. Maybe they have a bigger place for so-called white people in the kingdom, and they're not as militant or militaristic in the way they view these things, right? You know, there's different perspectives. Then there's groups that are much more radical, you might say, than uh, IUIC, such as a group called GMS or ISUPK. We kind of really focus on IUIC because they're the ones in this news report. But what do you want to say about this idea of the law in relation to salvation among almost all these groups? Right. Well, this is where they had a misunderstanding of what the law's purpose was for, to set Israel apart from the nations for the coming of the Messiah. And we know that Jesus Christ fulfilled that law because it spoke of him. Uh, we, you know, but their appeal would usually, you know, center around Matthew five seventeen and twenty, where you know Christ essentially says, "Think not that I have come to abolish the law; I have not come to uh, the law and prophets; I have come to not abolish, but fulfill." Now, what they won't see, however, is or look at, however, is John nineteen twenty eight and thirty, where it says that seeing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, and then you know, obviously, also when when Christ dies and rises from the grave. On the third day, in Luke 24, uh, starting at verse 43 to 48, where he tells them plainly that he has fulfilled the law and prophets and the Psalms concerning himself. This is why we look at Paul's epistles, who was chosen by Christ, by the way, lest they say otherwise, Acts 9, and we see him explaining, expounding upon this uh, in a way that the Gentiles and uh, the others could understand. And it's very easy to understand why Paul says, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified, because Christ, being the physical embodiment of what that law represented, fulfilled that law, and that is why his righteousness is imputed unto us, according to Romans chapter 4, and that is why, through faith, we are justified. What are some of the commandments Hebrew Israelites claim that you need to keep in order to uh, be viewed as righteous and obtain salvation? Well, um... The thing is that they obviously believe that you have to keep the dietary laws. You uh, have to observe the Sabbath. And um, the thing is that it gets trickier once you get into some of the other laws. Mm-hmm. This is where they will introduce the notion of grace. Mm-hmm. This is where they will say, uh, keep the law to the best of your abilities. But right. they overlook the fact that James himself says that if you offended one part of the law, you have offended in all. Right. And this is why, ultimately, we as Christians place our faith and trust in Christ. Right. And uh, what about the part that I think they missed. these fringes? Because if you look at IUIC, for example, they have purple shirts often. And on the mm-hmm. bottom of what would look like a T-shirt to most people, there's golden right. or yellow fringes. What's up with the fringes in the law? Um, well, their appeal to the fringes would obviously tie back to uh, the law that spoke of the fringes. And, um, you know, that it would remind the Israelites of, you know, the law and to keep it. Now, again, not realizing that this was, once again, a shadow of Jesus Christ, because Israel was doing this to remind themselves of why they were sinners. But who's the one that came to redeem sinners? Jesus! And this is where, you know? <laughs> I was answering from the audience. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of like a joke almost among Israelites, uh, so-called, where they say to each other, where's your fringes at? Where's your fringes at? And they also even right. disagree about how you should wear them. 
uh, among groups. Uh, just so everyone knows, they don't usually use the term groups themselves. They'll say camps. A lot of times they'll say camps. And let me stop right here and put in a plug, all right? Everybody listen up, listen up, listen up. This is important. This is important. Tomorrow on the dividing line, James White is not in town. I'm going to be filling in for him. And the name of the show is The Dividing Line. You can go at aomin.org. That's aomin.org. It'll be at 3 o'clock Arizona time. If you're in the East Coast, you're three hours ahead. And I'm going to be speaking to some brothers who used to be involved heavily with the so-called Hebrew Israelite movement. have come out of it. And they're going to be breaking down a lot of the divisions that happened to create these different camps and show the personal reasons that happened, as well as the doctrinal development that was happening, especially in the 90s, early 2000s, all that. And it's going to help people see that this movement is very much man-made, basically. A lot of times newer cats are getting into this, and they kind of think it's like this pristine package already you know, put together. We want to show people, to use the phrase, how the hot dog is made. And so we just want to kind of peel back the curtain tomorrow and show people some of the history and say, look, we're not trying to do a hit job, but we also want you to see the truth about where this has come from historically and realize it's not as uh, you know, nice and pretty as sometimes it's presented. So that is happening tomorrow. I encourage people to listen tomorrow, AOMN.org, Dividing Line. I'll be filling in with James White talking to some brothers. All right, so flip it back to that. Anything else you want to say in relationship to salvation? Christ, grace, you know, where's your beard at, that type of stuff, before I try to play one right. more clip, man. What else you want to say, Faithful? Well, um, again, they make a lot of appeals to the law, but I will say this very quickly. There are a few would obviously obviously be First John uh, 3 and 4, where it says sin is the transgression of the law. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that the first sinner was Adam. And Romans 5 makes it very clear that all of us have sinned. That is why all of us need Jesus Christ. But, of course, since they believe in another gospel and another doctrine, uh, you know, they want to make appeals to the commandments. So, quote, First John 2 and 2, where it says, uh, whoever the, uh, says that he knows Christ and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But what they won't do, however, is look at First John 3, uh, verse, uh, verses 22 through 24, where it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit, he were there, which he hath given us. And the very important thing to note that they miss is that this is why Paul continually drives home the point of being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Because when we do have Jesus Christ, when we receive him, and it was nothing of anything that we've done, but rather it was by his grace and his mercy that he bestowed upon us that we are redeemed. We receive the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin and who guides us into all truth. No but doubt. Miss that part. Cut it there. When we come back, we're going to briefly talk about one question, Faithful. How can we witness to folks trapped in this movement? We've discussed a lot and we've tried to give people an introduction to this. We come back, we've only got a few minutes, and I want you to briefly share your heart about why we need to preach the gospel and maybe even how. But again, we're only going to have a few minutes to do it because we don't want to just, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we ain't saying these folks are enemies. We're trying to fight them. Now, we do want to combat false doctrine, yes. But as far as on the physical level and the interpersonal level, man, these are people made in the image of God 
who are trapped in sin, then we need to preach to them. Let's discuss that briefly when we come back on the other side of the break. Vocab Malone filling in for Tom Brown today on Quinnia 1360 KPXU Faith Talk. One more segment left with Faithful to God discussing Hebrew Israelite theology and its problems. Don't go anywhere. This is Vocab Malone, last segment here on Quinnia, filling in for Tom Brown. Got my man Faithful to God in the studio. We've been discussing the Hebrew Israelite theology. It's a new movement. It's uh, starting to really be on the ascendancy in our inner cities, and it's it's presenting a missional challenge to seeing the cities be one for Christ. But we do want to see these folks in this movement one to Christ. Faithful to God, final words about what to do, what to keep in mind as you meet someone who believes some of these things, you know, maybe on the street, but maybe more likely on your job. What do we need to have in the forefront as we do this? Faithful, final words. Yes. Uh, First and foremost, we need to keep in mind that these people are sinners. Uh, They do not know Christ yet. Um, They are obviously lost. And they are following a a false doctrine, a false gospel. And what we really need to do is have compassion for them. I know it's hard because a lot of them can be harsh. They have their rhetoric. But ultimately, we must always put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you know, and and realize that, you know, God the Father has everything in control through his Son, and also that the Holy Spirit is the one that's ultimately going to convict them of their sin. And, um, you know, maybe tomorrow we'll get a chance to go into the deity of Christ issue. I know that we didn't get to do that uh, because we kind of uh, didn't have enough time. But, um, you know, it would be interesting for people out there to see what their view of the Trinity is. And it is not a good one. Right. <laughs> now, do you believe... Well, no, no, here's a better way. Have you seen people come out of this movement? Yes, I have. In fact, because of the videos that we've done on my channel and uh, other brothers' channels, such as uh, the brother G-Man, the brother Vekul, that's B-E-K-L, um, we have pulled six people out, six confirmed people, and we're hoping for more. And all the glory goes to God always and forever because His will shall always be done, and we are His servants. And this is why we are given this defense of the gospel message to shine a light on these people who are in darkness. Amen. Let me pray briefly. Dear Lord, we thank you that you have shown the gospel forth through the preaching of the word and through the working of the Holy Spirit in the lives of your saints. Let us be part of a missionary project that preaches and lives out the gospel to the ends of the earth, like Acts 1-8 says, and that includes our cities, which are so important, and they're so broken. Dear Lord, the world likes to give false answers. One of the answers that's not really an answer is called Hebrew-Israelite theology. We don't want to get high-minded, though. We want to come to people in love, keeping the gospel at the forefront. And remember that we were once sons of disobedience as well. In your name.